Leadership Show with Andy Peck. It's great to welcome you into the Leadership Show for a half-hour conversation designed to support Christians in leadership, whatever form that leadership takes. As church attendance declines, there's one sector of the church that's on the increase in many local churches, but it is often a sector that is overlooked. I'm referring to the ministry to parents of under fives and ministry to the under fives themselves. Many local churches have found that a mother's or and toddler's star gathering arranged at a suitable time during the day has been a winner. Ministry to this age group is especially needed because of the unprecedented challenge of the COVID pandemic, with babies thrust into a world of masks and parents unable to socialise as they would have liked. Now, in my 16 years or so hosting this show, I'm embarrassed to admit I've never specifically looked at ministry to this particular age group. So it's high time we put that right. And I'm delighted this week to be joined by Anna Hawking, who is the Parenting for Faith Ministry Lead at the Christian charity BRF, and she's also a mum to three under sevens. So Anna, welcome to the Leadership Show. Thank you so much for having me. You're looking very well for a mum to under to three under sevens, I have to say. <laughs> there is a baby crying in the background, so I hope you can't hear. But oh, uh, well. she'll be looked no, after. We can't, we can't hear at all, but I guess it would add to the authenticity of our conversation if we were doing that. So Anna, your, your own journey to uh, this kind of work. Yeah, so I started off in uh, children's ministry in a local church um, and used a lot of resources from Rachel Turner and from Parenting for Faith. Uh, it was before they were widely known, but all their resources were very much looking at supporting whole families and encouraging parents and carers to be the key disciplers and to do that in the everyday rather than having the focus on a Sunday. Um, and I found myself more and more heading towards that kind of ministry, whole family ministry, whole week ministry. Um, and then I moved four years ago uh, to work for Parenting for Faith. And yeah, as you mentioned, along that journey, had a few uh, periods of maternity leave. Uh, I've got three children who are under seven. The youngest is just turned one. Um, so obviously a personal interest as well. Well done. Uh, and where have you been geographically in your life? Um, Oxford, St Albans and Milton Keynes with a bit of time in South Africa thrown in there. Oh, well done. Okay. And, and so St Albans was where you were in children's ministry, is that right? Yes, in St Paul's and St Albans. Excellent. Good. So, I mean, I was optimistic about um, this area of ministry in my introduction. I mentioned uh, a lot of churches, local churches have what's called mothers and toddlers group. I, mean, I appreciate that's a bit of a sexist term these days, isn't it? I'm sure there'll be fathers and toddlers as well. Um, is it your sense that local churches are seeing growth in this area? Yeah, I think so. I mean, we're in a very strange time, aren't we? Um, but there was some research that came out uh, by a group called Talking Toddlers in May 2020. Um, and they found that 74% of all parents with children under the age of five had attended a church run activity in the previous year. So quite a big survey, over a thousand parents. Um, and that's staggering if you think about it. So this is not just church people. This is the general wider population three quarters had attended a church activity with their child. Um, now, obviously, I know that was before COVID and lots of baby and toddler groups had to stop or to go online. But I actually think that's only increased people's need and hunger for this kind of activity. Um, and churches are really hearing that and perceiving it. And so it is something that I think lots of churches are choosing to invest in. And lots of parents and families are really keen for these groups to be starting back up again and keen to come. So, yeah, I'd say they do seem to be on the rise. 
And I appreciate these these groups can meet um, during the week, uh, but obviously there's also typically in many local churches something for under fives, uh, maybe alongside a church service. Certainly in our church, um, the after about 15, 20 minutes, uh, children and young people leave the service. Uh, and those who are parents of younger children often go into the gathering with their younger children. And actually, our children's workers say that it's an opportunity for parents who are not believers themselves or not particularly seeking to actually hear some material. I don't know if that's your experience. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's such an opportunity for the parents as well as the babies and toddlers. The comment that we hear most often at Parenting for Faith is, um, you know, I wanted to do this for my child, whether it's attending a Sunday group or one of our courses using one of our resources. I did this for my child because I was interested for them, but it's totally changed me. It's changed my relationship with God or I found one with him. Because I think there's two camps of people really, aren't there? There's the people who um, had a faith before they had children. And for those people becoming a parent or that season of life, there's an awful lot of change and transition. You know, maybe they knew how to have a relationship with God beforehand, but all sorts of things change. All your kind of lifestyle things and relationships change. And it can be hard to work out what it looks like in that new season. Um, But by kind of focusing on what's important to them and helping their baby connect with God, people tend to find that really helps them in their own walk as well. And we talk a lot in Parenting for Faith about creating windows into your own relationship with God, like helping your your baby or toddler to see a little bit of how you connect with God. And of course, that implies that you are doing it yourself somehow. So you need to think about that. Um, But then the other group of people are those who haven't had a faith or or an interest in faith before having children. And it's actually really common for this to be a time where people ask a lot of questions about faith, about the wider world. And they're thinking about how they want to raise their children, what they want them to believe and think. So it's a really common time for people to start attending a church or a church toddler group, maybe a church or Uh, kind of trying to find out before an infant baptism or a christening, getting to know the church and the community. So those people similarly also say it's really formative and helpful for them. But Anna, I understand that there's more that can be done. I understand not all parents feel assisted by their church during the pandemic, sadly, for example. Yeah, and I don't think we need to be discouraged by that. So please keep keep listening. Um, But there's been some research just out by Sarah Holmes and her team at Liverpool Hope University. I'm not sure it's even fully published yet. Um, But they found that 40% of parents felt that the local church hadn't provided resources to support family faith at home. Um, So that is a bit disappointing in one sense. And a quarter of church leaders didn't know whether their families knew where to find those resources. But as I say, that's not actually necessarily bad news because those same families, what a lot of them reported is that their family faith at home has actually improved. Um, You know, they're maybe not as engaged with church and not as much focus on a Sunday, but in terms of how they speak about faith and involve faith in their everyday life, uh, that that's actually got better and the pandemic helped that. So I think for churches, the lessons really. Um, well, it's encouraging in one sense, you don't need to do more things, you don't need to produce more resources, which tends to be what we as church leaders um, default to. Um, Actually, what parents and carers need is someone to listen to them 
and to hear what kind of support it is that the church needs to offer them. You know, and often it's very simple. It's it's some tools, some skills and some confidence, really, just to get using this in the everyday and to encourage them to keep going with what they're already doing. Yeah, and it strikes me as you listening to you that I think 70% of Anglican churches have less than five under 16s in their congregation anyway. So for those mm. people, they probably wouldn't be top of their list of things to do to provide because they, they don't have younger people in their congregation anyway. So it's just a, a kind of comment yeah. um, on the back of what you've said. Um, but um, obviously we, we are in un, very unusual times. <laughs> um, uh, well, the last two years, obviously, particularly, we hope we're coming out of it to some degree, uh, out of the pandemic. Um, but um, are you aware of studies on how babies and under twos have been affected by the pandemic with people wearing masks and, and all that that's uh, associated with it? Yeah, I mean, I don't think we're going to see uh, and understand the full effects of this for many years, but there has been some research, hasn't there? And um, evidence of some developmental delays in our kind of under threes at the moment, uh, but huge social and economic disparities in that. So as you would expect, um, a child that already has a home with plentiful time and resources and support, um, they probably weren't so adversely affected by lockdowns, those kind of things. Um, but the sort of families and children who really would have benefited from resources in the wider community um, have, have fallen more behind in one sense. Um, and this is just anecdotal, but talking to the health visitor. So uh, I think I mentioned I had a baby who's uh, during, during lockdown and that COVID period. And the health visitor was saying they've actually seen some really positive effects of the lockdowns, um, particularly households where there were two parents at home and there wouldn't have been otherwise and really strong attachments and uh, good language, that kind of thing. Um, but children's speech and social skills, you know, as you would expect, have, have really suffered. Um, and that's something that they'll need to catch up on. Right. Um, Anna, there have been plenty of uh, studies done on how vital the first five years are. Uh, obviously, many local churches sometimes think, oh, uh, childcare, that's just kind of looking after the children while the parents can can get proper worship done. But actually, the first five years are are very vital. Uh, and sadly, of course, it's charities working with traumatised and struggling children, children who've gone through bad times, who are now in foster system, perhaps. Um, and so uh, I don't know if you've done much work on um, the, the, the way in which the first five years lay down so much for, for, for later development. Yeah, I mean, children's brains are amazing, aren't they? And um, they develop connections faster in those first five years than at any other time in their life. If you think about all the time we, we put into studying and learning things later in life, but actually those first five years, that's the time when they can really develop those connections. Um, and it's really when the foundations are laid for learning and health and behaviour it's, and they're learning and developing so fast. I think it's very easy as parents or as churches to think, well, we'll wait until they're a little bit older. You know, once they're three or once they're five or once they're 10, maybe they could understand that a little bit better. But anyone who's been around a baby or a toddler knows they can't do something or they don't understand something one day. And then bing, suddenly they repeat a phrase back to you that you've no idea or they show that they understand something. Um, or they've learned something that you had no idea that they had capacity for. 
and there's some research called the wonder weeks i have the the book and the app i that i just find fascinating about what's going on at children's minds um, at different ages and stages and it is way 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 earlier than you would think certainly than I would think and that children are able to understand and perceive and the different things that are going on in their in their minds and in their brains and so I do think um, relationship with God is a part of that because relationships are so key to learning in this age group that um, primary attachment to their main care or main caregivers it's kind of how they do all the rest of their learning. Um, and if those caregivers are able to help them show how to have a relationship with God and to share and show a little bit of their own relationship with God, it just sets them up with a really good um, foundation for the future and to learn about him and interact with him right now, but for the rest of their life as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for, for outlining that. And um, clearly there's, uh, we need to uh, give some love as it were to, particularly to mums, it's not always mums, of course, that are uh, investing in those five years uh, and able to do so. I appreciate that it's different situations, you know, vary and not every mum's able to stay at home all the time and all the rest of it. But, but nevertheless, that is, that is a key and vital part of, uh, of, of ministry. And uh, on a leadership show, of course, we've, we've never said that leadership is all about leading uh, with a role. It's also about very much uh, the influence we give, and that includes uh, mums and dads and and carers as well. Um, and in most local churches think of children's ministry starting at infant school age um, uh, and perhaps don't even consider the under fives. Obviously, you're a champion for this age group. So why do you think churches have been a bit slow off the mark in this area? Well, um, I mean, I think lots of them do do brilliant things, and we'll, we'll come on to that in a moment. I think some of it might be historical, honestly. I think it might go back to the beginnings of Sunday school and what Sunday school was set up for. Uh, and that was, you know, to provide an education for children who couldn't afford it. That was how we started separating out families and um, rather than them, them learning all together and worshipping together on a Sunday. So maybe there's a bit of an expe- expectation from there. And um, I think often it's just a practical thing. You've talked about. Um, churches where you might have a small number of children or young people and obviously once they get to five six a little bit older that's an age and stage where you need fewer adults to children and they can read and understand things and do things independently but I do think loads and loads of churches do have children's ministry for younger children whether that's part of Sunday or a midweek group or a toddler group um, but traditionally, I would say the focus has tended to be on giving them a safe place to play and their interactions and maybe giving them some knowledge about Bible stories or, or learning about God. And both of those things are brilliant. They're absolutely uh, a gift and we need them. They're vital. But there's more. If we just give them a safe place to play and teach them about God, they're missing out. Because actually we can teach them how to have a relationship with God, how to have a connection with him. And that along with some knowledge about him is really what sets them up for a relationship with him now and in the future. Um, it's sort of like, I don't know, learning about someone from a, from a textbook, a historical figure or something, um, or giving a child a phone and allowing them to talk to that person. You know, God is real and living and active and can make a huge difference to their lives and they've got a purpose they've got a part to play in god's plan and god's world today and um, 
So I feel like we're not quite giving them the full story. If we just give them some toys to play with and tell them the old Bible story, um, we can really empower them to, to connect with him themselves. Splendid. And, and that brings us on really to talking a little bit about the Parent for Faith, Parenting for Faith resources. You mentioned earlier that Rachel Turner is the, the founder of the, the ministry that comes under the BRF kind of umbrella, as it were. So mm. what, what had attracted you to her resources? And now what do you take, how are you taking things forward? And what are the opportunities that uh, those listening could, could access in this field? Yeah, so, I mean, Rachel, uh, her, all her resources came out of working in a local church and really seeing the need and seeing that was there and kind of looking in the Bible um, Deuteronomy 6 talks about um, uh, impressing God's commandments upon your children, but it doesn't say do that for an hour a week um, and get someone else to do it. It talks about doing it in the everyday when you're walking along the road, when you get up, when you go to sleep. And so I think what really appealed to me about those resources is um, it feels more biblical, but it also just feels way more effective to support and empower and equip parents rather than to make Sunday the focus of ministry. Um, so she's written a whole range of books now. There's nine books and uh, we've got a website. Uh, we've got a Parenting for Faith course, which is for all ages. Uh, we've got a podcast. And most recently, the project that I've been working on are these resources for parents and carers of babies and toddlers. So specifically under threes. So we've got a slimline book. Um, it's very easy to read. I was going to say you can read it in an hour, but as a parent of small children, you can read it in <laughs> 32 <laughs> minute chunks uh, is maybe a better way of selling it. Yeah. Um, but we've just tried to make that really accessible as well. So uh, we've made five videos uh, that are between five and 10 minutes long. And the idea is you just watch it on your own or with a partner, with a few friends or as part of a toddler group um, or preparing for infant baptism. And those come with a leader's guide if someone wants to lead it. Um, and takeaway sheets with just things to try throughout the week or the month with your baby or toddler and kind of some next steps. So if people do want to take it a bit further and find out more, they can. And they cover really, really simple things. Um, we assume no Christian background or Christian language or jargon. Um, but what can you, how can you chat to God with your baby around? Uh, what can you point out to them? Uh, how might you include Bible stories? What might bedtime look like? But it's all designed to be not an extra thing to add in, not something to stress about, but just a normal part of what you do in the everyday. Tiny tweaks, little things that you could add and um, that just help you connect with God and help your baby or toddler to do that too. Well, it sounds fabulous, uh, Anna. Um, uh, obviously, the, this kind of topic is, it's been on the news, um, you know, in recent years and the whole business of indoctrination of, of children and and obviously from a christian angle we would say well any any world view that a parent holds is in a sense going to going to be passed on to a child so do you have people who come to you and think hang on you're trying to just um get these vulnerable children to you know to imbibe your stuff kind of thing and it's not a good thing do you get that kind of feedback at all you know, interestingly, I'm not sure we have had that, um, but that is something we've we've obviously thought about. Um, and I would just say every human being has a spiritual part of them, you know, whether you acknowledge it or not. Uh, that is part of our makeup. And lots of people, whatever their worldview or belief, would say that's true. And this isn't about getting babies or toddlers to 
learn a set of beliefs or sign up to something specific, um, but really about helping them find their own journey, their own path, their own relationship with God. And that's part of the reason we're not prescriptive at all. This is not a 10-step program where ding, 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 you do these things in order and ta-da, out pops the perfect Christian toddler. And it's just about saying where you've experienced a relationship with God and you found that helpful, how can you make it more visible to your baby or toddler? Because as Christians, you know, for example, many of us pray quite often throughout the day, just in our head, we'll be asking God for things or telling him about things or, but our child has no idea that's what we're doing if we're doing it in our head. So we're just suggesting little tweaks like just pray out loud sometimes rather than praying in your head. Or tell your child, you know, I just got a text that this person's not very well um, and now I'm praying for them. So we're not trying to put them into a cookie cutter mold and them to come out in a certain way. It's just making it more, more visible and more available. I mean, if I were to, to think of something like um, brushing my teeth, you know, that's something that is important to me. I found it's a good thing to do in my life and I want my children to do it. Uh, so I am going to show them that I do that. I am going to provide them with a toothbrush and toothpaste. Um, but it's not really about forcing them into a, a certain view. And I guess with my relationship with God, it's something that has been so helpful to me, so important to me, and I want it for my children. And I know that's the experience of many Christian parents, but it's not about saying you must believe this, this and this. It's really about just creating a window and sharing with them hey, this is what it looks like in my life and maybe some other people from our church or other family members, other friends, this is what it looks like in their lives. And that's something that's available to you too. And we're here to come alongside you and support you with that um, if that's something you want to explore. Fabulous. Uh, and uh, my final question really is, obviously Christians in leadership listening, many will be church leaders. Um, the kind of things you'd be saying to them, um, how, how can they access your resources, for example, and what sort of, time commitment might that require to engage in your resources? So, I mean, as I said earlier, I think this research coming out of the pandemic is great news for church leaders. I know you are all exhausted and stretched and there is so much need uh, with not a lot of money and volunteers and so on. But I really think this is an easy win. Um, it sounds like what people are asking for is to rebuild relationships, for you to listen to them um, and to support them and to point them to tools and resources. Uh, and there's loads of organizations that do that. And we obviously at Parenting for Faith want to help. Our website's parentingforfaith.brf.org.uk. You'll see a big tab that says, uh, a big button that says babies and toddlers when you go on there. Everything on there is free, um, apart from the books for obvious reasons, but there is a, there is a multi-pack discount. Um, but those videos, why don't you point them out? It could be as simple as uh, sending them on an email or sending those videos via WhatsApp to some of the families in your churches with young children and saying, hey, what do you think about this? Could a few of you meet up for coffee and chat about it a bit more? Or could I meet up with you and just hear um, how we can support you and resource you better? There is so much good stuff out there from all sorts of organisations, Faith in Kids, Care for the Family, you know, lots of this resource exists. People just need to know where it is um, and how to find it and how to access it. So I would say just find those resources. Um, obviously, I've suggested one, but any others that you know of and just recommend them, pass them on and then keep a conversation going. You know, ask those families, how can we support you? How can we build relationship? Because they're the ones doing the, 
raising children in faith. They're doing it for 167 hours of the week. Um, so why not invest a bit more time and energy in equipping them to do it? Um, a little bit less of that focus on Sundays, which I think has happened anyway, post-pandemic. Um, but I think you'll really, yeah, see that to be effective and people will really appreciate being listened and being heard and uh, being supported. Well, Anna, you've cast the vision really well. So really grateful to you for your insight and the inspiration that you bring to this particular topic. And uh, I trust this will uh, bear fruit across the country uh, and, uh, well, across the nations as people listen to this around the world. So thank you so much. Pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. That was my conversation with Anna Hawkin. I do hope your church is able to better serve the under fives and their parents. And who knows, maybe this might be something you could get involved with or start if there's nothing currently available. You know the saying, some see problems, others see opportunities. And so perhaps it's time to see the opportunities that the pandemic has brought to actually meet the needs of some so badly affected. Uh, for your information, Anna Hawkin is spelled H-A-W-K-E-N, parenting, F-O-R, faith, dot, B-R-F, dot org. UK. It's a joy to bring conversations each week. If you have ideas of guests or themes that you think we should be covering, then do, of course, uh, email me, andy.peck at premier.org.uk is where you'll find me. Uh, we look to have conversations, of course, with leaders and experts on leadership themes, uh, Christians in leadership, so we need to have a faith, ideally. And um, it's, uh, as I say, a joy to bring uh, a conversation each week, which we trust will be of value and help to you as you seek to use your influence for God. Uh, there are plenty of archived versions of the Leadership Show on Premier's own website, premier.org.uk. And if you listen to this on a podcast platform, then that podcast platform will also have some archived that you can look at and uh, download at your leisure to enjoy. Why not join with thousands who download each week from all over the world? Uh, my outlook on leadership, for what it's worth, is that God is looking for all of us to use our influence for him. We might be a leader with a, a big L. We might have a role as a leader. We might have a, be a leader with a small L, seeking to use our influence amongst our circle of friends or where God has particular placed us in a particular network in a volunteer capacity, wherever that is. So it's important for us to see ourselves as God sees us, and that is as vehicles for his love and for his grace. And so have confidence in him and his capacity to be at work in you and through you to be a blessing throughout the world. So this is Andy Peck thanking you for your company this week and looking forward to the next time. Bye for now. The Leadership Show with Andy Peck. To get in touch, email andy.peck at premier.org.uk.